Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Today is September the 6th, 2022. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, you had a major fight, and I mean major, <clears throat> in the heavyweight division this last weekend. Andy Ruiz against Luis Ortiz. Now, the fight is more important than the public is admitting because, in my opinion, Alexander Usyk is looking at retirement. He only wants to fight two guys, right? Tyson Fury. And if he can't get the Fury fight, he'll pivot to fight Deontay Wilder. I believe those are the only two guys he's interested in fighting. He's not interested in fighting anyone else. Understand, he has financial security. Understand, he's in his mid-30s. Understand, he's an unbeaten fighter for legacy purposes, right? How he's going to be viewed long-term. There's less risk involved for him. In terms of fighting, fighters who have either been the heavyweight champ for five years, like Deontay Wilder was, or who have been the lineal for even longer than that, right? As Tyson Fury is. Alexander Usyk at this point in his career can't fight a guy who isn't viewed as one of the iconic fighters of this heavyweight division's era, right? So just understand, I believe we're going to start to see the heavyweight title being vacated. I think we're going to start to see fighters picking opponents over titles. Understand, the guys at the top of the heavyweight division are in their 30s. Right? By the way, both of these guys are over 30, Ruiz and Ortiz. So if we're thinking about the heavyweight division 18 months from now, after the smoke clears, you need to look outside, in my opinion, of Usyk, of Wilder, and of Fury. Right? Those guys, you know, let's just say Fury wants you to believe that he was retired. Now, he's coming back. His people are negotiating with Usyk, right? I believe there's a lot of smoke out there. Fury can talk about wanting to fight Derek Chisora a third time, right? But you and I understand that Fury has one foot outside the sport, right? He's on the verge of leaving. Usyk wants to make a splash wants to beat the best at heavyweight, then wants to move on with his life. There's little to gain by fighting up-and-comers at this point. So we need to look at fights like this one, the Ruiz-Ortiz fight, to figure out the future of the heavyweight division. Now let me just say, I personally did not think this fight would go the distance 
and it did. Right? I lost on this fight. I thought Andy Ruiz would win. He did. But I had the under 10 and a half rounds. And Luis Ortiz got off the canvas multiple times and uh, made this fight very close. We'll talk about that. Right? Some will argue he made this fight more than close. Right? Let me applaud BoxingScene.com right here. They were scoring the fight as it happened. Their final scorecard had Luis Ortiz up by a round. Understand, this was a very difficult fight. Extremely difficult for Andy Ruiz, who had a problem getting inside, who actually showed you a back foot. He lets Luis Ortiz control the pocket, something Andy normally does. Andy also showed you that he might not be ready for an Usyk southpaw like Ortiz, for a Zhang Zhili hard-hitting southpaw, right? Let's just say if I were advising Andy, I would tell him to be wary of southpaws, even Tyson Fury. If Tyson Fury were to fight Andy, I'm not sure if the fight would be competitive because Fury would be able to go southpaw and Fury has length and better legs than Andy. Now, the punches of this fight where Andy's counter right hand, folks, it's here trigger. Right? It's here trigger. And Luis Ortiz's jab. Now, the press is reporting the story of this fight as Andy getting three knockdowns. Now, keep in mind, I'm someone who was rooting for Andy. Right? I also had a taste of Luis Ortiz simply to win because I knew the line on Ortiz was ridiculous. Greater than a plus 300 at the time I placed my bets. But understand, the story here is a bit different. There are no three knockdowns. There are only actually two. Right? The second alleged knockdown is actually a veteran move by Andy where he puts his forearm on the back of Luis Ortiz's neck and pushes Ortiz down. The ref, who had a good night, made a mistake there. Right? He called that second knockdown a knockdown, and it wasn't. Now, it matters, because the second round should have been a 10-8, not a 10-7 round. Now, let me just say, Andy not only has a lot of trouble... And it's a lot of trouble. Folks, Andy struggled in this fight. Andy not only has a lot of trouble with Ortiz's southpaw stance, but he has a lot of trouble with Ortiz's counterpunching ability. It killed his volume and had him on his back foot. Right? Let me just say, that one of Ortiz's best punches in the entire fight happens at the end of the second round, a round in which Ortiz gets dropped, right? Andy tries to jump in, 
gets hit with a bomb that shakes Andy. I believe that punch lingered in this fight for several rounds. In other words, Andy understood, as fast-handed as Andy was, he could not just randomly jump in the pocket on Ortiz. Right? Andy also could not figure out the angles. So, this is a revelation from the fight. Against a fast-handed opponent, it's Luis Ortiz, not Andy Ruiz. It's Luis Ortiz who wins the slow rounds. I want you to look at the scoring. Since the referee mistakenly gave Andy the second knockdown in the second round, an argument can be made that Andy was up by five rounds, courtesy of a 10-7 second round, right? Ortiz supposedly hits the canvas twice, and the 10-8 round from Andy's second legitimate knockdown. Right? So let's say off those two rounds in this 12-round fight, Andy Ruiz is up by five rounds. Now, you don't have to believe BoxingScene.com. You don't even have to believe people like me who are quietly scoring the fight and who realize that Ortiz is making this too close to call. I want you to think of the official scores. Andy, off his two best rounds, has a five-round lead. The official scorecards don't give Andy a five-round lead at the end of the fight. They believe Luis Ortiz wins the rest of the fight, right? In other words, does better than Andy over the other ten rounds. Now, keep in mind, I thought Andy definitely won the ninth round and the 11th round. Right? The ninth round and the 11th round. If off the knockdown rounds, Andy has a five-round lead. What that suggests is that Luis Ortiz swept the rest of the fight. Right? Again, look at the scorecards. Right? Look at the ninth and the 11th rounds. You'll say, okay, Andy won those. Sure, Andy gets knockdowns in two other rounds. Okay, great. Why are the scorecards this close? It's because Andy could not win any of the slow rounds. And that's very important. Because understand, it's the slow rounds that will determine many judges' scorecards. You show me a guy who can't outbox you, needs a knockdown, or needs to badly hurt you to win a round. Right? Anthony Joshua, for example. And I'll show you someone who Luis Ortiz would have a chance of beating. To the gamblers out there, understand, Ortiz's performance in this fight where he supposedly is knocked down three times should have you, and I know he's 43, should have you wondering how many people in the heavyweight division can actually beat him. I believe Ortiz, who's a southpaw, unlike Joshua, 
would give Alexander Usyk a tougher fight than Anthony Joshua could give him. Right? Ortiz is a little bit the opposite of Andy Ruiz. This was a well-matched fight. <clears throat> you look at Ortiz and you realize Ortiz is accustomed to fighting righties. You also understand that Ortiz has already survived. That's the word. Charles Martin, another southpaw. Right? Ortiz against Zhang Zhili would be able to outbox Zhili. The major question in that fight would be whether Ortiz, who went down, got knocked down by Deontay Wilder multiple times in the first fight, and who got knocked down multiple times in the Charles Martin fight, and who got knocked down multiple times in the Andy Ruiz fight, has a chin problem at 43. Would Gili connect, right? Because Gili is one of the most blessed punchers in the heavyweight division. But make no mistake, all of these young guys, right, with the exception of Ergovic, I would take Ortiz in a second over Tony Yoka, the Olympic gold medalist. I would take Ortiz over Big Baby Anderson. Right? Ortiz showed you that Andy Ruiz, who has faster hand speed than the guys I've just mentioned, right? Yoka, Anderson, right? Those are young guys at heavyweight. Understand that Ortiz has just shown you that when it comes to a tactical round where no one gets badly buzzed, is holding on or knocked down, that he's elite against Andy Ruiz. Andy honestly looked lost against the Southpaw. Looked lost against fast-handed Andy Ruiz, who has a hair trigger right hand, right? You don't have time to think when Andy's throwing that chopping counter right hand, right? Dropped Ortiz. But understand, short of that, Ortiz was outboxing him methodically. Let me say, too, this fight was in L.A. in front of an Andy Ruiz crowd. The crowd is chanting Andy's name for parts of the fight. I'm not sure if Andy wins this fight in Cuba. I'm not sure if Andy wins this fight in Florida. Dare I say, in a fight, and I thought both guys had their moments, but in a fight where Luis Ortiz, at least officially, gets knocked down three times, I believe this really was a location fight. In a different location, the outcome of this fight might have been different. Right? It might have been ruled a draw or an Ortiz win. I've looked at some of the scorecards. CBS Sports, for example, had a scorecard where they gave Ruiz the first round. Folks, that's a location round. Rewatch the first round of this fight. I know the crowd's cheering for Andy. 
right? Andy's there. Andy's trying to bring it in the first round, right? The crowd's excited. On my scorecard, the first round's clearly a Luis Ortiz round. In other words, Ortiz comes out, normally Andy's too fast. Righties say, hey, I can't stay in the pocket. At least the smart righties, they understand, hey, I need to back up. Think about how Joseph Parker fought Ruiz. Think about the Joshua rematch. Right, Folks, these are elite heavyweights. They concede the pocket to Andy because they understood this guy is too fast in the pocket. I've got to use foot speed. I've got to back up. Well, this fight is the fight where you have a technician. As an opponent who believes he has the superior pocket game. And because Andy just doesn't have experience against Southpaws, it's Ruiz who has to be on his back foot. Now, I believe both guys are going to benefit greatly from this fight. Right? Andy, because Andy needs to have a back foot to be an elite heavyweight. Right? There are going to be times where you're in there. He wants to fight Deontay Wilder. There's going to be times where you're in there and you're thinking, man, I need to clear my head. Right? You get hit with a few Wilder shots. You might say, you know what? I, I need to take a step back. I need to relax for the next 20 seconds. If I take another shot like this, I might be on the canvas. Right? A back foot in this hard-hitting heavyweight division. And think about the punchers. Both guys in the upcoming Wilder-Hellenius fight are punchers. Right? A AJ, puncher. Charles Martin, puncher. We saw that on the undercard here. Right? In this heavyweight division of punchers, you need a back foot. I would say of all the Andy Ruiz fights I've seen, it's this fight that has Andy on his back foot the most. Also, Luis Ortiz. After fighting Andy Ruiz and controlling the pocket, folks, he's the one who controls the pocket. Ruiz has moments at the beginning of rounds where he jumps out and he's going to be hyper-aggressive but as the fight shifts into an equilibrium later in the round, you notice it's Ortiz controlling the round. Understand the only thing that slowed down Ortiz in this fight is the fact that Andy is blessed with that hair trigger. Extremely fast. Chopping right hand. Against a guy who doesn't have that level of hand speed and countering ability, Ortiz is not going to have much to worry about other than his punch resistance, right? That's major. So, let's just say it's Ortiz on his front foot in this fight. It's Ortiz who dampens Andy Ruiz's punch volume. Ortiz is not even throwing a stiff jab, folks. He's fainting. He's keeping Andy on his heels. And he's throwing a jab to throw off Andy's timing. It does for the majority of the fight.
Ortiz stylistically is the revelation in this fight. So, let's just say, in my opinion, Andy survives. That's what I'll call it. Andy survives, right? Both of these guys are viable going forward. Ortiz gets drilled twice by Charles Martin, who's a southpaw, right? Against a righty like Andy Ruiz, he dampens Andy's volume, right, folks? I don't believe. I simply do not believe. Usyk, AJ, Fury are going to be in a rush to fight this guy. Right? I just don't believe someone who doesn't have a lot of experience against Southpaws is going to be in a rush to fight this guy. Right? He is this generation's version of George Foreman. He's a guy in his 40s who is a major threat, just like Andy Ruiz is, to those ranked above him. Right? I would take Luis Ortiz today over Dillian White. Understand, Ortiz, a southpaw, should be able to neutralize righty Dillian White's jab. Since Dillian White wants to be in the pocket. He views himself as a body puncher. He would be trying to set up shop where Luis Ortiz is most comfortable. Understand, Ortiz against the fastest hands in the heavyweight division was the one on his front foot. What happens when he fights a righty like a Dillian White who doesn't have Ruiz's hand speed? and who won't be able to land his jab with any kind of regularity because Southpaw Luis Ortiz knows how to take advantage of angles as a Southpaw. Right, so this fight should be a wake-up call for the rest of the heavyweight division. Right, Andy Ruiz got his hand raised at the end of this fight. There really are no losers politically it would have been difficult to score this fight against Andy Ruiz when Ruiz officially got three knockdowns and the fight was in his backyard. Just understand there are some, right, BoxingScene.com, who saw this fight the way I did, right? This was one of those fights where at the end of the fight I thought, Andy likely has won the fight on the scorecards. But had they given this fight a draw or given it to Luis Ortiz, in my opinion, that outcome also would have been credible. Right? It's a must-watch fight. I'm guessing there are many managers in boxing right now who, going into this fight, may have thought, well, Andy got dropped by Chris Ariola. Right, Luis Ortiz got dropped twice by Charles Martin. Maybe I should have my young lion in their den for his next fight. 
right? My young lion needs a name on his resume. These guys are names. Andy was the heavyweight champ at one point. Beat Joshua before Usyk beat Joshua, right? Luis Ortiz had only lost to one man going into this. I'm guessing today those boxing managers understand my fighter won't be able to handle Andy's here trigger counter right hand. And my fighter is simply not ready for Southpaw on the level of Luis Ortiz, right? It's up to boxing fans to demand that Ruiz and Ortiz not be avoided by the rest of the division. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. If you have a different take, I thought the fight was razor close. If you have a different take, if you believe that Andy actually won the slow rounds, won more than the rounds where he gets a knockdown and the ninth and 11th rounds, tell us about it in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.